That is super loud. This is Joe Watkins, and that is Travis Castle. Better believe it. And we're sitting here on the rental property hangover trying to figure out what in the heck we're talking about. And then Travis said, there's an election around the corner. I said, well, shoot. Not with Travis. My gosh, let's talk about it. So here we are. There's an election. How's that going to affect your rental property? Well, we've got the goods for you here today on the Rental Property Hangover. Sponsored by Yes, I Rent. Right? Property management. So, so yes, the election's coming here six days from today, Travis. Mm. And we got a lot of people on this broadcast wondering, what does that mean for my rental property? Well. And we're not a political show. That's the other show we do called the. We leave that up to others, other <laughs> shows, right? That we may or may not be a part of. However, but- can we ignore how politics plays into the performance of your rental property? <laughs> Absolutely I'm, not. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there's been quite a few properties sold in anticipating this election. There is. We've, we've talked to them. We've talked to them. <laughs> Scared ones. That, yeah, they have, in fact. Are these Biden followers or are these Trump followers that are scared to death? Just I, just to clear the, the platform here. I don't know that I 100% know. I, I, just, I just know that they're panic-stricken as of November 3rd to, to the point where they have so little trust in whatever is going to happen that it's time to sell their property. Well, let's, let's just say this. They're, they're not Biden supporters. <laughs> they're just not. I think they're not Biden No, supporters. I'll tell you why I don't think they are. Because anyone who's going to shut down the economy, anybody who's going to prevent somebody from getting evicted, anybody who's going to actually make the economy solely based on the government running it is not very beneficial for a rental property. It's not. Not, so, so. not for a rental property that's getting its income from someone who actually works for a living. Now, if your income is derived from governmental subsidies, maybe you're excited about owning rental property. Well, there's some there's some banter about, well, you know, how you look, this let's back up. Don't and this is so interesting now that I'm defending. But let's be for sure that our sitting president uh presided over a signed a bill with his name on it, by the way. That prevented you from evicting your tenants. Yeah, he, he did. He, he, he just he he did so opposing you as a rental property owner, whereas a a sitting at the top of the food chain of government decides. In fact, probably, probably the most high profile landlord that has ever been president Gosh. of the United States. He digs from the high office. Not that you couldn't evict, but that he would sign a bill that allowed other governmental agencies to use his executive order to not evict. And so he he, he signs it into, into office or into, into play. Of course, nobody knows what that means until the CDC decides, hey, we're going we're gonna to use that executive order to limit one's ability to evict based on COVID-19. So, you know, 
What does that mean to the landlord on the property hangover? And, and, I'm hungover is what and, I feel like. And how did the CDC ever ever get that type of authority here? <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that? Well, it's, a, it's a combination of errors, right? It's a combination of errors. But I think the point here is that the reality of this is these are third party. These are events outside the landlord-tenant relationship. And we might look at these and go, oh, this is unexpected. Oh, this hurt me or my tenant hadn't paid rent in three or four months. By the way, it's a very low percentage of tenants that haven't paid rent. But you know, the reality is th these are life storms. And this goes back to a conversation we had. I don't know how many uh, rental property hangovers ago that this was. But are you prepared to own a rental property? What? What? Who, who should own rental properties? Well, it's not someone who cannot withstand several months of not collecting rent because you can't evict. Well, exactly. Right? Yeah. How, how many months of reserves? You know, what, what was your game plan around the property? Let me tell you something. This, this may be the show because we're, we're struggling with where the show's going. But let me tell you what the show may be. So many rental property owners that we come in contact with, not saying our audience is this. I think we have a, a more intelligent audience. But so many of our audiences, uh, I mean, so many of our owners have, that, that, by the way, that's, a, that's an AC that's very loud in our trailer, our mobile trailer. We cut it off. But so many of the, of the uh, owners that we talk to, uh, especially first-time owners, are underinformed. They have so many misconceptions about owning rental property. And, it, you know, election cycle or not, are you coming into the rental property with, with, a, with the wrong kind of perception about what a rental property should be for you? Um, is it going to help you pay your bills every month? I, I just think that's a bad... That's bad information about what a rental property should be, especially if you got one. Yeah, I mean, get, get 20 of them. Can it pay, pay a portion of your bills? Absolutely. But one? One? You're going to use one cash flows property to help you pay your bills? I don't think so. I think it's a bad perception. I think it exposes a lot of things about rental property. It's one of the things that we've talked about with our property management business. The you know One of the first adjustments that we made in the middle of realizing that if we move a tenant in a property, there's a possibility we can't move them back out and they may not pay rent is we need perhaps the highest level of tenants that we can, we can get for our properties. So our tenant screening practices changed, you know, um, that's perhaps something that some people were unprepared for in, in terms of, you know, I have a tenant in here that also maybe they're just sliding by. Well, if they're in a job that's been affected, now they're not paying rent. Right. So, I mean, there, I, th I think this is exposing some presuppositions here that a lot of people had about rental property that's squeezing those people. And right. by the way, you know, filling your, your, your rental property with a, with a body that can pay rent, quote, quote, is, uh, it doesn't work in all markets, right? In a great market, it can be effective for a while. What this market is exposing is, uh, there's some people that can't pay rent because they don't have real substance behind their income. They don't have any margin in their life. They, 
Income stops, they stop paying. It could be they have character issues. Income stops and they stop paying, not because they don't have money, because they, they just stop paying. Right. Well, the guy with a 750 credit score, 800 credit score, I, mean, I know that's extreme. That guy didn't stop paying because that guy cares about his credit score. That, sure. that guy has exemplified some things here that exemplifies character beyond sort of their income level. Uh, I think the fr- yeah, I think the frustration is not so much the tenant that couldn't pay or the tenant that didn't have margin in their life. I think the frustration is the lack of communication. It, it is the character issue. It's, hey, I, I had a job-related loss or not, or I'm just using this situation, by the way, as a percentage that do that as well. But let's assume I have a job-related issue due to uh, the pandemic. And I just shut communication down and I don't pay. And I give the owner no indication as to when that's going to happen. And, you know, I just bow out of this situation. I don't bow out of the house. I'm still there. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think that there's a lot of kind of presuppositions around owning rental property. And I think that's getting defined now for people, though. I think the, the person that's uh, certainly the person we're coming into contact with that wants to buy rental property or has a property they want us to manage, we're having that conversation. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about the changing market, the types of uh, credit that we're looking for and the types of reserves that a property owner needs to have now. Well, something interesting that people don't know, I'm trying to find it on my phone right now. I looked this up recently. Did you know that somewhere in the neighborhood of, 70% of people's credit scores are above 600. Mm. 70%. So if you're putting somebody in below 600 in your rental property, which some of you as landlords are not even looking at credit score, which shame on you. Shame on you if you own a rental property and you don't pull credit and background your tenant. Shame the <laughs> crap on you. But let's assume you do. Wow. And you put somebody in at 575 because you think it's okay. Maybe you do. But let me tell you what you're putting in. You're putting in the bottom 30% of America. Okay? And if you have a 550 credit score, shame on you. You're in the bottom 30% of America. What have you done to create a 550 credit score? Well, you haven't paid some damn bills. Okay? (laughs) So what we're trying to expose here is wow. don't run away from the data. The data's real. Are you, the data's real. Are, are you okay, though? I'm fine. I mean, I know the data's real, but are, are you I okay? I don't appreciate the fact. That is your phone. That's your that, phone. That is your phone. Concerned I, I, I just, you. there is reality here that your landlord you put in somebody that clearly is in the bottom 30% and you're expecting something other than the top, the bottom 30%. Worse than that, you think you deserve somebody in the top 30% with a piece of crap property that hadn't been maintained. <laughs> it's got, you've argued why you shouldn't clean the carpet. You've argued why you shouldn't paint the walls. You have a property indicative of the lower 30%. And you want the upper thirty percent? Shame on you, are, are you landlord! Are, are, are you? Point, I feel like you you just pointed right. Shame at on you! This right is the landlord. This is the rental property hangover, and part of the hangover is we're just going to speak the truth. You got you got to own up to your mistakes here, right? That 
this isn't really much different than just investing in that 401k that uh, at your company each month that your boss chose, perhaps probably in a backroom deal, let's be honest, with the financial advisor that probably plays golf with him, goes on fishing trip, perhaps extravagant. Per, per, stroke, stroke, stroke. Make you feel good. Stroke, stroke, stroke. All looks nice. Stroke, stroke, sign stroke. Here. Don't want to tell you the truth. Just stroke, sign, stroke, sign stroke. Here. Sign here. Stroke, stroke, stroke. Wow. Wow. So we are revealing perhaps more truth than we have in all the episodes combined. This is tonight. this is more like the big trees of small business. Our other broadcast. Because we're coming off of a just a violent episode. <laughs> So ignoring your 401k and just signing and letting money come out of your account every month, ignoring the basics of qualifying tenants and, 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 and maintaining a rental property, and then complaining, dare I say on this show, Joe, bitching oh, about, no, you can't do that about here. the result that you get when, when all you did is put in a bunch of rotten eggs, right? Yeah, yeah you, you, you. You, you get what you get when you put in what you what you got. I mean, listen, your input's going to be the output. If you want your kid not to curse, don't curse at him his whole life. Are, are you saying that because I just I just cursed a little bit? I'm just saying like you that, probably that, that, you, that is you, a man, that is a passive aggressive I know. just jab if, right if, there. If if you are uncomfortable with the type of tenant base you're drawing. And change the freaking product that you put out there. That's all I'm saying. And then hold the standard to the new product you're looking for. Is that the way out? What do we do right now when we got a tenant that's not paying? What what, what is the message to the property owner who has a tenant that hasn't paid in four months? Well, right listen, now? right now today, we're in late October of 2020. You, you may have a problem getting that person out through the, the formal eviction process. You may. Depends on your county. Depends on your where you're at. Depends on your situation. I think right now you need to be real careful. I think you need to, if you've got a tenant that you want to get out because of non-payment, I think you need to be human for a bit and you need to see if you can have a real dialogue. Should, should you, should you knock on the door and scream shame on you in the way that you did a few months I wouldn't ago. do that. No, that shame on no, you. That, that, I, shame on you. I wasn't saying that to the tenant. Shame on you. That's not effective. Okay. What I was saying that you're a property owner. You own a rental property. Oh, I see. You own a $150,000 asset and you're making stupid decisions. Shame on you. That, that was more like a ball coach says to his quarterback when he throws an intercept. Yeah, so, the, the, so the tenant's not paying. You know, I think you got to be creative here. I think you've got to figure out the best methodology to maximize your income and or loss here. Mm. That's what I think. I, I think taking a hard line when you don't have the goods behind it, meaning you don't have potentially the ability to evict behind it, you got to be real careful. I think I think there's a lot of things in play. I think there's good old-fashioned cash for keys are in, in play right now. Uh, I think opening communications primary. I think no communication at some point you go all the way. And if you're not represented by certainly by yes, I rent property management, which will be my recommendation in Atlanta, then, uh, yeah, especially if you're outside of Atlanta listening, you need to attorney up. You need to do it sooner rather than later. You don't, by have, the to way. You don't have to attorney up. You can, you can property manage up with yes, I rent. We well, do evictions. I, I, I'm just sort of, a, that's what I said. That's what I said. But if you're outside of Atlanta, then 
you know, I'm not going to recommend property management out. Just doesn't really no, recommend property I management agree. here. I agree. All right, certainly if you have a great property management company. But outside of that, you need to find an attorney to handle this, and you need to do it early. And the reason I say you need to do it early is unless there's some more government intervention, which I have a sneaky suspicion there will be. But not a fan. Let's assume that there's not, or at, not some, at some point the government intervention will go away, and then we are facing a historic situation when it comes to the volume of evictions in this country. Hey, so, so you need to be early to that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and the remedy to that, I gotta get off air off the air to, to say. Should I, I, should I can't I cut, say. Should I cut your mic off? I can't say the real the, the real shut, remedy shut to that. And so on that. The Rental Property Hangover with Joe Watkins and Travis Castle. We're signing out. Sorry for the aggressive show. We'll come back next week. <laughs>